Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like, choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline hey sarah i love that spring break vlog you posted on zigazoo omg you watched it yeah it was so cool I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Number two, Point Spread Saturday, coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe, Amal Shaw, week seven in college football. And we're continuing our game of market checks. Stick around 15 minutes. We have all of our picks, nine of them total. But we want to continue with market check here and talk a little bit of Heisman contenders, Heisman odds in college football. Because it's kind of been an, a weird Heisman season, Amal. Nobody has really yeah. kind of stood out from the rest of the pack. There's no Joe Burrow. Uh, there, there's no uh, Devontae Smith from last year. Any Anybody that's kind of become a household name. Now, we have the two co-favorites, Bryce Young, Alabama quarterback, and Matt Corral, the Ole Miss quarterback. But even those guys, they've had moments where they haven't looked really impressive or they haven't had their quote-unquote Heisman moment. What do you make of this market and how are you possibly attacking it as we reach the midway point of the season? You know, I think uh, Matt Corral is going to have a monster day today against Tennessee. I think he's going to account for at least 400 yards and about six touchdowns, whether it be on the ground or through the air. He's tremendous. The one thing that really bodes well is he hasn't thrown a pick so far. Bryce Young has been tremendous. And I think this market is correct with Young and Corral being the two prohibitive favorites. I don't, you know, C.J. Stroud, I don't know if I'm buying that one at 8-1. to one. I, It doesn't I'm, seem like he's getting the credit there in Ohio State. Well, look, he's got a trem- he's got tremendous arm strength, but I, I think if you put Bryce Young, Matt Corral, uh, you know, Kenny Pickett and some of these guys there, I'm not trying to take away from what he's accomplished, Jaden Daniels, I, th- I think he's got a lot of talent around yeah. him. I, I mean, you know, when you look at that offensive line, you look at what Travion Henderson is as a running back, it, it's fairly easy to play football when you've got those types of uh, guys around you. So I'm not buying him. Kenneth Walker's been spectacular so far. Bijan Robinson's been tremendous, but I think that loss against Oklahoma hurt yeah. him. And then um, I don't really see anybody else in the mix that's a legitimate threat. I think it's going to come down to Matt Young, excuse me, Bryce Young and Matt Corral. Yeah, I think the C.J. Stroud situation, you know, it's not a direct comparison, but it's almost kind of parallel to Mac Jones last year when everybody going into the season say these Alabama receivers are so terrific to where Mac Jones didn't get the credit like we normally see a quarterback get when they're on that number one ranked team and went to his wide receiver, Devontae Smith, who won the Heisman there. C.J. Stroud, we know Garrett Wilson. We know Chris Olave, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Like the Ohio State receivers feel like they're the headliners on that offense, which is probably why Stroud, even though he's at eight to one, Probably not a look that I would go in terms of betting the Heisman. Yeah, the one thing, though, is a mistake on my part. I overlooked the fact that Ohio State still has Penn State, Michigan, and Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship. If Stroud plays the way he's playing right now, he could be a guy that emerges down the stretch simply because they've got good enough matchups on paper. The other thing with uh, in terms of you look at Bryce Young, I I get why he's up there. It's Alabama, and you're obviously going to give them a lot of credit. But the one thing I would point to is, 
so far in in a couple of the marquee games. Bryce Young's had three picks now in three consecutive games. He doesn't look good in the marquee games. No, he really has now. Statistically, he was great against uh, Ole Miss. 21 for 27, 241, two touchdowns, but he did have an interception there. His, his completion percentage is off the charts. You look at that game against Southern Miss and against Ole Miss. He went two consecutive games where he went 41 for 49. Now, last week he had 20 incompletions, and I'll tell you what. He made some bad throws in a critical drive late in that game. That's what allowed uh, AM to get the ball back, go down and win the football game. I, I thought that was some missed opportunities there. Uh, 20 touchdowns, just uh, three INTs. Now, when you look at Alabama's schedule, they got the Iron Bowl still yet to come. That that helps them in terms of a marquee game. They'll put up numbers against Tennessee, LSU. He, he doesn't really have, when you look at the rest of the schedule, they've got Tennessee, LSU, New Mexico State, Arkansas, these are all home games, mind you. By the way, who the hell is doing the scheduling in the SEC <laughs> office? My God. Tennessee uh, Tennessee goes on the road. They're going to get boat raced in Tuscaloosa. Wow, they are giving these guys some time. Alabama, after today, does not play a game the rest of the regular season outside of the state of Alabama. Got to set your teams up to make the playoff. Yeah, <laughs> you, are, you are not lying. That Very well said. You're absolutely right about that. So I wish the Pac-12 would take note there. <laughs> I mean, that is unbelievable when you look at it. He's going to be able to put up some stats. He's probably going to wind up with about 40 touchdowns and potentially, you know, five or six interceptions at worst. But here's the thing is that you mentioned the A&M game, and I thought that was his chance to have the Heidman moment there. Cause there's like, all right, can you lead your team down the field and get them into the end zone? And he couldn't. And the one thing that I think it's important to point out with this Heisman market is that this is a war that is voted on. It's a popularity contest. The people who vote on these things, there's obviously Heisman winners of the past, but it's media people. And of course us in the media, we love stories. So you have to think of these, the narrative with this award, in addition to the production and the opportunities to make a big, splash play or splash moment on the big stage there, which then leads me to, you mentioned B. John Robinson. He had that chance last week. Now, I think if Texas had won that game, he's probably eight to one right now to win the Heisman, in my opinion, because all over social media, you see that he's the best running back in the country. And I think that's true. And he's an exciting player. It's a lot that goes into this award is why I think that a guy like Mac Jones didn't win it last year. And a guy like C.J. Stroud might not win it this year is because you've got to have the narrative in addition to the production and being on the big stage and playing on a good team and winning in those big moments. Yeah, the unfortunate part about the Heisman now, it doesn't go to the most outstanding player. No, it doesn't. It, it hasn't for a while. It hasn't for a while. And it goes to a player who's very good on an elite team. Yeah. You know, I'm looking at Matt Corral right now. 12 touchdowns, no INTs, and eight rushing touchdowns. If Matt Corral can wind up with about 25 touchdown passes and say 15 to 18 rushing touchdowns, Boy, it becomes tough to keep him out of that spot. I think he definitely gets to New York City. Um, he's been tremendous. I'm looking at the Ole Miss schedule. He's going to put up huge numbers tonight against LSU. Uh, excuse me, against Tennessee. And then LSU next week at Auburn. If they can navigate that schedule. And then they've got A&M at home. And then close out against, obviously, Mississippi State in the Egg Bowl. Matt Corral's got a chance because his schedule yeah. is actually a little bit more marquee than Alabama's down the stretch. You know, we'll, we'll talk about this game, obviously, between Mississippi State and Alabama. Um, and then you'll talk about the Iron Bowl. That's about it, because LSU is in a situation it's, now. It's a non The game, nobody cares. Nobody cares. You're absolutely right. And the only thing remaining at LSU is the big suspense remaining in the season is, can they get a show cause or justification <laughs> as to why they can fire Ed Orgeron? To not have to pay him. <laughs> absolutely. By the way, I love the fact that UConn kind of started this precedence. I've actually said I would go threaten the coach. I said, listen, man, we owe you $20 million. We're going to have to put you on the, we're going to put you on the bayou. You're not coming back. Either you walk away from this money. Or we're not paying you. There's no way you can pay this money. To these guys who suck. I don't understand these athletic directors who have no brains that continue to be held hostage by Jimmy Sexton. Just tell them to go fly. Kite. Most of these guys, unless they're Nick Saban or Urban Meyer are overrated coaches. Anyway, yeah. why are you? By the way, you think AM's happy with four and two? Yeah, you beat Bama. How about those losses you've had along the way for $9 million? You beat Bama while you were unranked. <laughs> that's, the, that's the unfortunate thing for AM. <laughs> I, I mean, come on, give me a break. You're going to pay these guys this much money. I, I just don't get it. I, I wanted to talk to you about a long shot guy because it's a guy that I bet earlier before the season started. Your favorite player, wide receiver Chris Olave, out there at Ohio State right now at DraftKings, 150 to one to win the Heisman. Now I bet 200 to one, so clearly I made a great bet there, is what I can say right there. But you mentioned that I should have just went ahead and donated that money there. But maybe Olave outside chance, possibly. For what? For for what? Ohio State receiver of the year? No, I'm serious. I, I'm asking you a serious question here because Garrett Wilson's a better receiver than he is. 
I mean, I, Olave's got the pub. He's, I mean, people love Chris Olave. Are Andrew, you from San Diego? <laughs> I'm not, Did you go to Mission Hills High School? <laughs> well, what are we talking about Chris Olave for? Listen, I, I, I think he's a terrific player. By the way, I saw Ari Wasserman tweeted out that he thinks he's the greatest Buckeye receiver of all time. I guess we're just going to ignore everybody that's ever played at Ohio State that had dominant receivers for a long time, including Chris Carter, who's in the Hall of Fame, who's arguably the greatest receiver at Ohio State. I, I just don't get it. Listen, I got to ask you a quick question. Mm-hmm. What the hell were you thinking when you bet Chris Olave to win the Heisman? I was thinking Devontae Smith all over again. <laughs> well, first of all, Olave, to, Olave doesn't return kickoffs or punts. No, that's fair. But I, the, my thought process was that C.J. Stroud entering the season, there was no guarantee that he was going to be a starter throughout the year based on, like, we heard the training camp battles and all that stuff. I, I hear what you're saying with Garrett Wilson. You should have just asked me but, next but, time when it comes to Ohio State. But it was just, it was just a little sprinkle. It was 200 to 1. I was like, if he has a big game, he, he played really well against Minnesota. to start off really strong. I was like, all right, we're getting some momentum. And then the Oregon game happened, and it was so tear up the ticket Based time. on that statement, I am assuming you drive from Nevada. We're only 27 miles from the state line in California to go buy a lottery ticket every week. I mean, look at the odds you're getting on the Powerball. Yeah, no, it's, I, I hear what you're saying, but it was it was a shot in the dark. Now, obviously, I missed it. Uh, he's one no, that was, that was the problem. No, here's the problem on the Heisman. Even with the running backs, it was funny. Chris Felica t- uh, texted me that he took uh, Travion Henderson. Mm-hmm. And I'm a huge Travion Henderson fan. This kid, he's got the best highlight tape coming out of high school since Tavon Austin. He doesn't get tackled for 10 minutes. Yeah. But here's the thing. There have been three running backs that have won the Heisman Trophy since 2000 at the tailback position. This is a quarterback award, and it's unfortunate because it doesn't go. You know, a couple years ago, as great as Joe Burrow was, the most outstanding player in college football that year was Chase Young. There's no question that Joe Burrow deserved the Heisman. I'm not trying to suggest it. It was a a historic season. Right, but what I'm saying is if you're going to go with the most outstanding player, the best player, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, you saw in the second half last night, this guy's (laughs) a game wrecker. I mean, he's a game changer. But these guys don't get enough credit. You've got to put up certain types of statistics, and then there's too much credence given to, hey, did you run for 200 yards and four touchdowns in the matchup against the key, uh, key opponent? So I, I just think in the Heisman, you look at it right now, I don't think Stroud's out of it because he plays quarterback at Ohio State because a couple of years ago when Kyler Murray won it, it looked like it was Tua's award yeah. all day. I mean, look, they already started engraving it. Yeah. No, that, 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 that was definitely a, an impressive comeback performance from Kyler Murray there. I think, though, Matt Corral right now has to be the leader in the clubhouse and what he's been able to do. By the way, I don't know if you saw the play against the Razorbacks where Corral basically, they almost decapitate him, and he still gets into the, into the end zone. I mean, this kid is tough. He's got moxie. He threw that deep touchdown pass. I mean, he's just a gamer. I, I'll tell you right now. There are probably 128 Division One programs that wish they had Matt Corral. Can you imagine if Matt Corral's at Georgia? We, we mean, don't have anybody else contending right now. Georgia's laying 10 against yeah, Alabama. That's on exactly neutral. right. Exactly. <laughs> Kenneth Walker, Michigan State. We brought him up a couple of weeks ago. He's 14 to one right now at DraftKings. You think that's a viable look? There is a possible running back who could make it. I, I don't think so because if you actually look at Rodriguez at Kentucky, he's got tremendous numbers in terms of what he's been able to do comparable to Kenneth Walker. It's the yards per carry that's been tremendous for Walker, also. Do you really believe Michigan State's going to wind the year uh, with uh, two losses or less? No. I think that, that, that about answers that question there. Uh, it, it was a nice pipe dream there. I know Sean King of the Nightcap, uh, which you can watch from 7 to 10 on the West Coast. He has a Kenneth Walker ticket. He's been rooting him in hard, but uh, I don't think Kenneth Walker gets it done there. But it was a, it was a good value bet there because he's 14 to 1 right now and was a long shot earlier this season. But don't go anywhere. We have our picks segment coming up on the other side of the break. Everything you need to know before making your bets here in Week 7 in college football. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Saturdays are for sunshine, especially for your ears. With another election, ongoing wars, and natural disasters, we know the news can be a lot to take in. And we're determined to share the bright side of humanity. Every Saturday, take a breather from the headlines and hear all the uplifting happenings across the world with Five Good Things, a new weekend edition of CNN Five Things. That means you can find this goodness in the same feed as Five Things. Listen to Five Good Things on the iHeartRadio app.
Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Shoot for victory. Stream live TV. Play for free this hoop season with the Hulu Plus Live TV Prediction Series. Join four free-to-play prediction pools for your shot at $20,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Hulu now to get in on the action. This hoop season, it's time to have Hulu Plus Live TV. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Point spread Saturday, week seven in the college football season. Femi Abebefe of Malshaw coming to you from the VEASAN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. And folks, pen and paper time. We have arrived. It is time to give out our show bets for week seven in the college football season. There's nine of them between the two of us. Uh, I have two. So if you're quick at math, you know that Amal has seven plays. And Amal, you are the expert here on our point spread Saturday show as it pertains to college football. Why don't you let the folks know? who you are on sides and totals here on today's slate. Yeah, wound up with a lot of favorites this week, and I got four plays, and they're on the favorites. Uh Square. (laughs) Say whatever you want. It's about W's and L's at the end of the day. doesn't make a difference. I love it. Just giving you a hard time. No, no, I'm not worried about that. I just, You know, it's funny. I I will tell you, because in college football, I tend to bet more favorites. In the NFL, I bet more underdogs Mm -hmm. because – you can't really quantify the difference in terms of recruiting and talent when you look at some of these matchups, and I think that's where the edge is. Florida, uh, minus 12 against LSU here. This LSU team really in turmoil, but more importantly than that, you look at this team from an injury standpoint right now for LSU. Lots of problems in terms of injuries, and especially when you look in that secondary. No Stingley, no Ricks. Huge blow for this LSU team. Uh, it's going to be a real challenge against this Gators offense. This line has gone from 10.5. I got the number early in the week at 10.5, now already at 12, and going up to 12.5 in some spots. I would take this thing as high as 14 with the Gators here. Uh, I like Tulsa. This is a play against South Florida. The Bulls have been horrendous all year long. I think Tulsa should be able to roll in this game. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the Golden Hurricane, but it's just a play against South Florida. A&M t- uh, took them at 10. Now this line is already up to 11. Uh, this Missouri team is bad defensively. I don't think Connor Bazelak and Tyler Batty are going to be able to move the ball that well against AM. I think that win for AM is going to propel them potentially for the rest of the season. They've got okay. a great opportunity. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, Femi. That game, it, it was so bad in the sense that for them to drop that game and they played so poorly against Arkansas, this is a team that you would have really they're been talented. looking at. Yeah, they're, they're extremely talented. Their defense is very dangerous. I mean, it's going to be tough because they have the two losses in league play. But if uh, Alabama drops another game, they could be the team that winds up representing the SEC West in the SEC championship game. But I think A&M's in a good spot here today against Missouri. And when you look at the rest of the A&M schedule, South Carolina, Auburn at home at Ole Miss is going to be a challenge. And then, of course, typical SEC game. They play Prairie View A&M. <laughs> In, uh, it's a little tune-up game. Yeah, a little tune-up game before LSU. you got to really tune up for LSU this year, do you? <laughs> uh, so, like A&M here in Como against Missouri in this game, I expect them to be able to get it done on the road in this matchup. And then another matchup that I have is the under in the Georgia-Kentucky game, under 44.5. I think it's going to be really tough sledding for Kentucky offensively. I think Georgia wins this game 
But, I mean, I'm not sure if Kentucky, barring turnovers by the Georgia offense, can even get to the over-under on their team total of 11.5. This defense is going to be ideal against this offense, which is too one-dimensional for me. Mm -hmm. They they don't have the ability to beat you through the air. That's going to be a challenge. And then I like Ole Miss, Tennessee, over 82. I know that number's crazy high. But the reality is both teams are going to go with tempo. Tennessee has scored 28 points in the first quarter of their last two games each. That's crazy. And so both teams, Hennon Hooker's playing really well. You know, I thought Hooker was a guy that should have been the quarterback of Virginia Tech still. I liked him when he was there. I don't know why it, you know, maybe fell out of favor with Justin Fuente. He transfers to Tennessee. He has done a tremendous job so far. And then finally, TCU, Oklahoma, under 64. I like this game under simply because Gary Patterson has generally played Oklahoma tough. And this Oklahoma offense has left a lot to be desired. Probably would have been better served taking the points here with TCU. But, and I'm telling you, I think Caleb Williams, when he plays, I'm telling you, we're going to see Spencer Rattler today. You think so? Well, Marvin Mims made the catch of the year in college football last week. That was a hell of a catch, wasn't it? Right. And he Williams had a couple of good plays, but he also wasn't necessarily overwhelmingly effective in certain spots. There were some throws he missed. I, I still think Oklahoma wins the football game, but I think it's going to be a competitive game, and I think TCU will come in with a good game plan. I like the under 64 here. So you're not all the way sold on this Caleb Williams hype train that we've been hearing. And I know Spencer Rattler is hes a polarizing guy. You could say the least. A lot of people don't like him. Um, so it almost feels like we're every as a, as a nation, we're rooting for Caleb Williams to do well so that Rattler can sit on the bench here. But you're not buying it, at least not all the way. No, but here's the problem. At what point in time do you think about going to Rattler? Because, you know, if you look at it, Williams made some great plays. But it just didn't seem that fluid. It seemed like there were some hiccups along the way. So we'll see what happens. By the way, how good are you feeling right now if you're one of these companies that has signed Spencer Rattler and Derek King to NIL deals? Yeah, not not great. I mean, how good are you feeling if you bet uh, Spencer Rattler eight to one to win the Heisman, as, you know, as, as as one of us might have done, and it wasn't them all. No, but but you know what? I don't I don't think I don't think that was a bad bet <laughs> because you got a quarterback at Oklahoma, a team that's won two Heisman trophies at yeah. quarterback in the last what four years, five years. So I don't think that was a bad play. Yeah, it just was unfortunate. Uh, it wasn't as good as the uh, as the hype at least was suggesting there. Uh, did you mention your Iowa Purdue pick? I don't know. You I know I did not. Yeah, I, I want to make sure we the, get that one in there. Yeah, Iowa Purdue, a good catch by you. Iowa laying 11 and a half here. I think this Purdue team is really going to struggle. They've only scored 13 points each in their last three games. Uh, and not that the Hawkeyes are going to overwhelm you offensively. The Purdue offense is so pedestrian. I think the Hawkeyes set themselves up in good, good field position. They've got a good kicking game. I like uh, Iowa here at home in Kinnick. I know people are sitting there thinking, oh, let down. Look, they've got a bye week next week. You're Iowa. This is the dream scenario. Nobody expected this, including Hawkeye fans, to be a situation where you win at Camp Randall and then you win against Nebraska. You're in the Big Ten Championship with a shot at the college football playoff like you did against Michigan State a few years ago. I was going to say, it was like 2015 all over again when they had that team that uh, was undefeated. And unfortunately, it was an 18-player, 19-play drive for Michigan State, which was a legendary drive drive in that Big Ten Championship game to get to the college football playoff here. So anything that you were eyeing that didn't make your card before we get to my picks here? You know, uh, it's a good question. And one game that really, st- I actually think it's going to be a great game to watch because I think Romney's going to be under center for uh, BYU. They're on the road at Baylor. They are a different team with Romney starting. It was unfortunate he didn't play last week in that game against Boise State. I think that's one to pay attention to. And then the other one that you have on here um, is the uh, Alabama-Mississippi State. I was looking at the Crimson Tide here. I thought they would bounce back, but I didn't touch it. Yeah, that's uh, that's where I'm going to lead us as we get to my college football card. Now, for those of you who are watching Point Spread Saturday and Point Spread Sunday, you know on Point Spread Sunday, I always have a buffet of plays. College football, a little bit more selective. Uh, and I didn't really love this week's card, so only two plays for me. So let's get to them here. First one is Alabama minus 17 against Mississippi State. And I saw the ATS record for Nick Saban. After a loss, it's horrible. I mean, he's 6-12 ATS since really? 2007. Worst in the country, for that matter, after a loss. 6-12 that, that, ATS. And I think almost because it's, it's baked into the line of everybody saying, saving off of a loss, they're going to try really hard. Practice was really difficult. But I still like this Alabama team. You wanted to mention something. Yeah, no, quick. I'm glad you brought that point up because I think sometimes with Alabama, why, and this is why I don't put that much stock in ATS numbers in college football. Because Alabama, who are they playing off of a loss? Let's say they're playing New Mexico State and the line's 52. Yeah. And, they, and they win 49-7. to seven. What, It doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things. It matters for us who are betting on the games. But otherwise than that, who cares if you win by uh, 42 or 52? Also, a lot of times after losses for Alabama, there's the dejection of we just cost ourselves a national title. 
And and I don't think that we have that this year yeah. because they lost early enough and they can still the road is still clear to get to Atlanta and if they beat Georgia they'll be in the playoff. But I think that kind of plays into the factor of sometimes after the losses it's usually a dream crusher for their season. But I like Alabama minus seventeen strictly because it's a fade of Mike Leach. Uh, Mike Leach's offenses are very predictable, probably the most predictable thing in all of college football. I covered him when I was working in Spokane and he was at Washington State. The Apple Cup was probably the easiest call of the year every single year. It's one of my favorite of games. Why you <laughs> just owns. Chris Peterson versus Mike Leach was just like, if I was betting back then when I was working, I wasn't, but it would have been just a hammer on the Huskies in that one. If Nick Saban is worth a damn as a defensive schemer, Alabama will cover this game. All you got to do, drop eight, rush three. Mike Leach will not adjust. He'll have no answer for it. So I think that the Alabama Crimson Tide get back on the right side and cover the 17 points in Stark Vegas against Mississippi State. And my other pick, Utah against Arizona State. I got this one as a pick them right now. It's a coin flip game. I like the home team in this spot here. The Utes, it feels like they found something after that win over USC. You mentioned Cameron rising earlier. He's really come into his own now that Charlie Brewer is out there. He was the quarterback last year, then they bring in Brewer. Brewer leaves after he was benched. But rising last week, 300 yards, three touchdowns. He's a good quarterback. He's the leader of this team. I think they rally around this uh, Cameron rising quarterback. And Salt Lake City at night is always a tough spot. Rice Eccles, one of the more underrated tough places to play in the Pac-12, and right now I'm just not sold on Arizona State. I don't think they have the maturity, the leadership right now to go on the road in a very tough spot to win this game. Pac-12 after dark, I'm going with the home team, Utah Utes, at a pick and It doesn't quite fit my fading ranked teams on the road against unranked teams kind of model there, but uh, Utah's my pick nonetheless there in the Pac-12 South, and plus I have Utah over on their season win total, so I'm kind of doubling down on the Utes here tonight in week number seven. I, listen, I like your play here with Utah. I think this is a tough game, but I would have to lean towards the home team. I think Arizona State's a better football team, but, you know, just when you go on the road certain spots, this is a perfect example of it. It definitely is. We're talking Alabama. We're talking Georgia. We're talking all things SEC on the other side. Mike Zin- Mark Zeno of Sports Grid TV joining us here on Point Spread Saturday on the other side. So don't go away. You're watching VSIN, the sports betting network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the Sports Betting Network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over, under, and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way. VSIN is here to make you a smarter, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at VSIN.com. Point spread Saturday rolling along here. Week 7 in college football coming to you from the VSIN studios at the South Point Hotel and Casino. Femi Abebefe alongside Amal Shah. Both Amal and I were out last week, and our next guest, helped fill in, and we are greatly appreciative of that. It was our bye week, and it happened to be the best week in the college football season, and Mark Zinno enjoyed it, and he joins us now of Sports Grid TV. Mark out there in Atlanta. Mark, thank you once again for joining us here on Point Spread Saturday. And my first question, since you're in Atlanta, Georgia, I got to ask you about the Bulldogs, number one team hosting number 11 Kentucky right now, but everything I've been hearing leading up to today is that the sharp betters are taking Kentucky. Why are they so scared to back this Georgia team that's 5-1 and one ATS this season? I would assume because of Kentucky's ability to run the football uh, and the level of defense that they play. You know, I mean, they're a little bit outdated in that sense, I mean, from the standpoint of they're not going to wow you with a lot of offense. They're not going to score with these, you know, quarterbacks who are, who are running all over the field and spread offenses who are throwing the ball everywhere. It's Chris Rodriguez and hopefully a cloud of dust, and then they try to pound you into oblivion uh, as far as defensively. They've been able to, to, to beat teams that way. But in reality, guys, Kentucky is not ready for the world of hurt that's about to descend upon them. <laughs> and I get sharp betters taking, you know, taking the points because 21 and a half, 22, depending on you know where you shop and what line you got, is a ton of points, uh, especially with it being a shorter number on the total of around 44. But the formula for Georgia has been really simple. And full disclosure, I'm on Georgia minus 21 and a half, and I don't have a single reservation about it. Um, and from that standpoint, Georgia, you know, Kentucky's not scoring more than 10 in this game. If you find a team total of 10 and a half for Kentucky, take the under and be happy about it. Uh, they're just not, they're not going to get to that position where they can score more. Georgia has only allowed their opponents across midfield on average two and a half times a game. So you don't have many opportunities to even get uh, a touchdown, let alone, you know, kick a field goal. 
So from that standpoint, that's how good Georgia's defense is. We're, we're not talking like good this year. We're talking like all sort of worldly, like best of, the, of all time college football defenses. And it's not like they're doing it with 11 guys. Their rotation is like 15, 16, 17 guys deep. You know, second-level starters would be the best defense in the SEC. So they are really going to, to uh, eat Kentucky alive from that standpoint. Chris Rodriguez might not have a lot of room to run. If he does, it would be one of the more mildly surprising things we've seen in college football this year. But the other part of this is that Georgia's offense is going to get into the mid-30s. I know Kentucky's defense is good, but so is Auburn's, and so is Arkansas's. Like, you know, it's the same level defense, and Georgia didn't break a sweat getting into the mid-30s. Uh, at the end of the day, this should be a 35-10 to 10 sort of final. Georgia won't cover by much, but they should cover. Uh, and, and I think when you break it all down from that standpoint, Kentucky, a team that only scored 16 points against South Carolina, had to sweat it out against Chattanooga, is not ready for the level of football team that they saw from the Georgia Bulldogs. And I get good win over Florida, good win over LSU, but don't you think that's a little bit more of an indictment on those two teams, the current state of where they are, than necessarily how good Kentucky is? I don't want to take away anything from Mark Stoops and the Wildcats. They've done a phenomenal job this year, and they should be very happy and very excited about a 6-0 start. But this is a different level of football team that they're going to walk into today, especially in Sanford Stadium. I might look differently if this game was in Lexington, but come on. Between the hedges right now, this is Georgia lives for this matchup. And Kirby Smart is going to chew this team up and spit them out. Mark Kamal Shaw here. I think you bring up a great point on Georgia. By the way, when you mentioned he's in Atlanta, I thought you were going to ask him about Georgia State or Georgia Tech. But <laughs> it's, it's coming up later. No, it's not Mark, actually. <laughs> I want to ask you, if you're Todd Monken, who gives you the best chance to win eventually down the stretch when you potentially face off against Alabama in Atlanta in the SEC title in the college football playoff? Is it Stetson Bennett or is it JT Daniels, in your opinion? Well, here's the, the – the, the, and let me answer that question with a question because here is the situation. What's the one weakness of Georgia? Can they score when they have to? The answer is we don't know because they've never had to. Now, to answer your question directly, if they get put in that situation, I'd rather have JT Daniels at quarterback. Why? He's a better thrower of the football. He's more mobile. And he, he, he's, his you know, sort of improvisation and quick strike ability is what he's better at than Stetson Bennett. The reason why this has worked, and it doesn't matter who's at quarterback, because Georgia's always playing with a lead. So there's very little tight spots that they have to get into. And when I say playing with the lead, guys, they're not just playing with like a, a touchdown lead or a 10-point lead. They're playing with like a 21-point lead. So you can afford to make mistakes, and that's why you haven't noticed that the flip-flopping at, at the quarterback position doesn't really matter. When push comes to shove, JT Daniels is the more talented quarterback. He's the better quarterback. But to run this offense and what they're doing against the opponents that they've played, they haven't really, again, they haven't been forced to do anything that has been a tight spot where it's like, got to have a first down you know, got to flip the field. Like, like, they haven't been in those situations this year. That's the only thing we don't know. And if you're trying to manufacture a hole in this Georgia team, that's what it is, right? We don't know if they can score when they have to score because nobody's forced them to score in those spots this year. But to answer your question directly, I think JT Daniels is the better quarterback. I'd rather have him going up against Alabama when they see them in the SEC championship game. I'd rather it be JT than Stetson Bennett. Um, because, again, I just believe – when you need a quick score, if you need the ball down the field quickly, JT is probably the better guy to get it there. Well, Mark, let's stay on the topic of Alabama. Obviously, they lost last week against Texas A&M out there in College Station. They're a 17-point favorite on the road against Mississippi State in Starkville. And would you say that this is a bounce-back spot for Alabama against Mississippi State, or are there real issues with the Crimson Tide here in 2021? Well, the only, the only thing about the bounce back, like when have I had to see, what's the sample set of me watching Nick Saban in bounce back spots, right? Like we don't have any, you know, his last loss was two years ago. I mean, can I really look at that and, and the different quarterback and the different system and different everything that they have from two years ago and say, yeah, Saban's always good at bouncing back. Like we assume he is because he's Nick Saban. He's not the best coach in college football history for no reason. So we assume he will bounce back. My plan in this game, guys, is the over. Um, I would tell you that, that Mississippi State, with the best passing offense in the SEC, should be able to put up points. Will they get to 30 and keep this thing as close as it could be? I'm not 100% sure, which is why I stayed up the side. I mean, again, 40 to 20, to get over the 58, 59, whatever you get the number at, that doesn't really make me sweat this because I believe Alabama's offense will get to 40 again. They're going to get 40 regardless. And the offense So. Is it, is it fair to say that they will lock up defense and, and, you know, sort of get right after their performance against a and I think so. I think they'll be a lot sharper defensively than what they were last week. 
Does that mean Mississippi State still can't get to 20? No, I believe they, they can get to 20 because, again, whatever Florida found and whatever A&M found, that they were able to score and score easily, rather easily, I should say, against Alabama's defense. Um, I'm sure Mike Leach has looked at those game films and said, okay, here's what I can exploit the hole, um, which still makes me scratch my head about the whole Ole Miss game because, you know, Ole Miss was basically offensively punchless uh, for three quarters in that game, but different discussion. That said, I agree. I think it'll be a bounce-back spot. I'm hesitant about laying the 17 just because I don't know how Alabama will 100% respond. I know their offense will be there. I question their defense. I'll play the over. Uh, and, and again, another game I don't really think I have much concern about. Mark, we were debating the Heisman Trophy a minute ago. We were talking about Bryce Young and Matt Corral, and deservedly so, the two front runners. If you had a vote, are those the two guys, and who would you pick out of them, or is there someone else that you potentially like that can win the trophy? I lean on Corral. I'll answer this two ways. I'll lean on Corral just because Lane Kiffin doesn't have an off switch when it comes to offense. He's in the fourth quarter. He's up by 25. He's still trying to score a touchdown. He's not handing it off and running. Like That's just not Lane Kiffin. So Corral, I think, at the end of the day, will end up with more gaudy numbers than Bryce Young will, Um, especially since, again, there's going to be a a certain level of, of, uh, you know, uh, Matt Corral's never going to have to take his foot off the gas pedal from that standpoint. But, guys, how do you not love some Kenny Pickett? I mean, dear Lord, uh, he has been amazing. This is a Pittsburgh offense that's averaging, you know, 45 points a game. I think they're second or third in the nation in average points per game. He's been absolutely phenomenal. Um, and and in, in a tough spot today, going to Lane Stadium at Virginia Tech, a lot of a lot of sharp guys are on, on, the, on the Hokies getting the five points. But uh, I'm staying off the game just because I get the idea of why people are taking the Hokies. Um, but that doesn't matter when it comes to Kenny Pickett's performance. They're going to score. Pittsburgh's going to score, and they'll score at will. Uh, Kenny Pickett would be the one guy that I would put a wager on right now. Uh, I think he's got a great shot to be in New York in December and invited to that ceremony because his numbers are going to back it up. I don't know that he'll win it over Corral or Bryce Young, but when push comes to shove, he may have the best numbers of any quarterback in the nation when it's all said and done. Yeah, it's an outside shot there uh, at the Heisman. Real quick here in about 30 seconds, Mark, Arkansas, they suffered a heartbreaker against Ole Miss last week. Now they're four-and-a-half-point favorites. Is this Cinderella story over, or would you lay it here against Auburn? I would lay it. I'm not going to. I'm, I'm on the under in this game just because both these teams love to run the ball, So um, and, and they're both pretty good defenses, and I think the scoring will be limited. Uh, when you get a number over 54, I'm pretty content with it. So uh, I'm on the under, but I, I really wanted to take Arkansas minus the four. Um, I don't think it's a bad bet by any stretch of the imagination. I just stayed off because I felt like the under uh, provided less variance for me. But that said, I'm, I'm with you. Uh, I think that Arkansas is the real deal. You know, given what they did last week and, and what Sam Pittman has done, there's no reason to doubt how competitive this team is. And, and they played the toughest schedule in the country, guys. So it's not it, – it, they're not paper champions. They're for real. All right, appreciate it. It's Mark Zeno of Sports Grid TV. Mark, appreciate you, and uh, best of luck today. Anytime, fellas. Same to you. All right, there you have some interesting stuff there that we'll break down on the other side as we wrap up Point Spread Saturday here in Week 7 in the college football season. It's VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break. And consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner. The rise, the fall and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very slow. all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. (laughs) Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. 
Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Fuel up for football with the five-hour energy football challenge. Energize your fight for first and play for free in this three-part contest series for your shot at $15,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash five-hour energy now to get in on the action. Five-hour energy, hours and hours of energy, terms and conditions, and other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. We wrap things up here. The final segment on Point Spread Saturdays, week seven of the college football season, coming to you from the VSIN studios here at the South Point Hotel and Casino, Femi Abebefe, Amal Shah. We just got done talking to Mark Zeno there. He's he's all on Georgia, and he made a pretty convincing case. I might end up laying the points here with the Bulldogs because I'm with them. Kentucky's not ready. They're not ready for what's about to happen 1230 afternoon out there in between the hedges. I hear, and I agree with a lot of the things he said. The one area where I disagree with him is the uh, assertion that Kentucky's defense isn't good. Because if you look at Georgia, which is the best offense they've faced? Yeah, it's, it's hard, hard to pick it out. It's honestly. hard to pick one, right? I mean, Arkansas would probably be the clear choice. They were dominant against them. But I'd still take the Florida offense over this uh, uh, over this Arkansas offense. They stymied the Gators' offense. So, to me, I, I don't know. I mean, look, I think both teams are going to have a tough time in this one moving the football. I don't know if there's a coach in college football that gets more out of less talent than Mark Stoops at Kentucky. Yeah. I mean, no, they're not fair. getting three stars. They're just like, hey, you want to play? Oh, you're not on the basketball team? Come on over here. <laughs> I mean, that's just the reality of it. You're lucky that they get support there. Yeah, and he's good at really mucking up the game, making it yeah. ugly. And it's hard to pull away from those Kentucky teams. That game uh, kicks off 1230 West Coast time, 330 on the East Coast. But one that we've touched on briefly, but I wanted to get your thoughts on more extensively is TCU at number four, Oklahoma. The Sooners, 13 and a half point favorites. 63 and a half is the total QB uncertainty there in Oklahoma. We don't know which quarterback is going to be playing. Let's say you, regardless the quarterback, where do you kind of stand on this game between the Sooners and the Horned Frogs? Uh, you know, I, I, I looked at the, I took the under in this game, but I looked at TCU and the points here because they have traditionally played well. They've won in Norman before. If you go back to when Paul Thompson was the quarterback, they ended a huge winning streak that Oklahoma had at home. Uh, I think it's going to be a competitive game. I, I don't think there's any question in my opinion. I think it's going to be Caleb Williams. I think the reason why he didn't come out and say Lincoln Riley, why give Gary Patterson and uh, Chad Glasgow, the defensive coordinator, their edge in terms of telling them who's going to play. I, I think that one's pretty clear in my opinion. How would you even justify having Spencer Rattler starting this game? I don't see how you can. He, I mean, it just doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> uh, so for me, it's obviously going to be Caleb Williams getting the start there. But the big question is, can Oklahoma actually win a game against a Division One opponent that's by more than seven points? They haven't done it yet. I mean, they've won by seven against Texas. That was the largest margin of victory outside of the game against Western Carolina. So they got to show us that they can do it consistently. Um, you know, Max Dugan's got to play well. He can't turn the football over. Take advantage of his mobility. If he does that, I think there's a chance for TCU in this one to be competitive. Yeah, I have Oklahoma 8-1 to one to win the national title, and it feels like it's hanging by a thread. And I know they have, they've they were unblemished right now, so they probably can go and make the playoff as a one-loss conference champ. But it just feels like I'm just every week with this team. I, I don't understand it, but, but, but we'll see. Their offense to me doesn't make sense, right? Like I, I thought Gray was a great acquisition from Tennessee. He has he's been inconsistent. Kennedy Brooks is tremendous. You've got a great receiver. When you look at Weiss, Mims, what they have at the receiving core, they've got some big-time guys. It's just the problem has been they've been inconsistent, and the singular point of where you can point to is at the quarterback position. Right now, 68% of the tickets 
and 57% of the money on the Oklahoma Sooners to cover near two touchdowns at home against TCU. An interesting game. We haven't touched on this one yet. Number 19 BYU visiting Waco taking on Baylor. The Baylor Bears five-point favorites with a total of 51 and a half. Now, this actually does fit my system of fading unranked, uh, rather fading ranked teams against unranked opponents on the road. Now, I don't have a bet on this one, whether side or total. Uh, do you have an opinion on this game between the Cougars and the Bears? Well, you know, the big thing for me now, Baylor's going to have Romney back under center, uh, Baylor Romney, that is. It makes a big difference in terms of this offense. His mobility within the pocket. Uh, this is a team that's dangerous offensively. I, I think this is a, a play where I would lean towards BYU catching five here. But with that being said, this Baylor team has gone underappreciated and underrated. They did struggle in that game in Stillwater. They only managed 10 points offensively. I think this should be a really good football game. And I'll tell you, Femi, to me, this is one of the best games of the day to watch. It goes 3.30 Eastern, 12.30 Pacific. Uh, I feel like it's going to come down to the last possession. I'd be likely to take BYU in the points here. Yeah, it's interesting. I spoke with Chris Andrews, the sportsbook director here at the South Point yesterday on My Guys in the Desert, which is 2 to 3. You can find out Monday through Friday here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. But he said that there's a lot of action on this game at the South Point. Respected betters on both sides. I tried to pin him down. I was like, hey, where's the respected money on this one? He says Sharps took Baylor minus 5, and he also took BYU plus 6 other Sharp groups. So it's, it's a kind of game that there's a difference of opinion sure. in, in this one here. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out there. Waco, like you mentioned, 1230 is the kickoff. But another game that we should get to, Ole Miss, Tennessee, you have that one. You're on the over. As for the side, would you look at maybe, would you look at the Rebels in this game or are you just kind of sticking away from the side and you just think that they're just going to see points regardless who wins the game? Yeah, I think we're going to see points, but I think at the end, Ole Miss is a little bit better team. They're a little bit more complete team. Nobody's going to stop anybody defensively, but I just think the offense with Matt Corral, give them a slight edge over Hendon Hooker in this Tennessee team. But I'll tell you, this is a uh, primetime game, 7.30 Eastern, 4.30 Pacific time. This should be a terrific game to watch. Yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. It's on SEC Network. This should be is that ESPN. It yes. oh, I thought it was ESPN. Yeah, it okay. should be an ESPN game, but it's on SEC Network. We know they have the obviously the, the uh, agreement there, but right now Ole Miss, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. So it's a coin flip game. Should be a lot of excitement. 75% of the tickets, 62% of the money on Ole Miss, 57% of the money on the over, and that is a very big number, but – I would not bet the under. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a hold your breath game if you take the under on this one. I get if you play just based on the number. But the reason why I think it goes over is I I usually use a rule of thumb, okay, 14 points a quarter, you get to 56 points. But in this game, with the style and tempo both teams want to employ, it's going to go quickly. We're going to see a lot of big plays, in my opinion. I think with the weakness of both of these defenses, you could have a real opportunity in this game to see some tremendous scoring. From SEC Network to ACC Network, number 22, NC State, visiting Boston College. Boston College, BC, catching a field goal there with a total of 51 and a half. Any opinion, whether it be side or total? It would have to be BC here up at uh, up in uh, Chestnut Hill. I, I just don't see uh, NC State being a justified road favorite. Remember, we saw them lay an egg against Mississippi State on the road. BC has done a tremendous job. I, I think one of the best head coaches who will not be in Boston College in 2022 is Jeff Halfley. I think he's a guy who's going to be on the move. There's going to be some big openings, Miami, LSU, uh, USC. Uh, Jeff Halfley's the name that's going to show up in one of these. I like BC catching three here. I didn't play this game. I feel like it's a bit of a toss-up tough game, but I like Boston College. We talk about primetime SEC games. This is a game that typically would be in primetime, but it's in the 9 o'clock window, so kickoff in a matter of two hours between number 20 Florida and LSU the Tigers 12 point underdogs now you laid the points with Florida but the total is 59 and a half anything that you have an opinion on whether it be the total of that 59 and a half number no interest in that but when you look at this LSU team the injuries particularly in the secondary with Stingley and with Ricks that's a huge blow coming into the season best uh, cornerback combination in college football now you're going up against a Florida team I think that's going to really be able to move the football and on top of that This is an LSU team that right now, just a lot of turmoil surrounding their coach. Uh, It's not a good week to be a a Tiger uh, in terms of the matchup against the Gators. And it's interesting. The last two years, Florida is one in four ATS on the road when favored by seven points or more. But you're confident in the Gators. It'll be the Gator chomp going on out there in LSU. Obviously, a lot going on in Baton Rouge, and it's all tied to the head coach. It is, but also remember, this is an early start, 11 a.m. in Baton Rouge. Normally speaking, if you're, you have a night game, their crowds are pretty well liquored up. 
Uh, yeah. 11 a.m. I don't know how much sauce they've got in them. Hey, I mean, Baton Rouge, don't underestimate them. Yeah, but if you're driving in from NOLA, you got to get early start. I don't know how much to, you know, you got to get up early. I, do you really want to tailgate for a game where you feel like your team's going to lose? I mean, LSU, <laughs> this is a team that was projected to win nine games. They're going to be lucky if they make the Blue Bonnet Bowl, which doesn't even exist anymore. Maybe the tailgating is because they want to drink their sorrows away before the game even kicks off there. But no, I agree with you. Death Valley in the morning don't is worry. different than Death Valley at night. Yeah, you know what? Save your money. <laughs> Will Wade needs to collect some more money to buy some more recruits. So make sure you get that uh, you know passed around quickly before the game. What does John Rossing call him? The American gangster will wait Sean Miller I want to know who they have pictures of <laughs> yeah. Auburn Arkansas the 17th ranked Razorbacks four point favorites with a total of 54 we touched on this game a little bit Mark we had him on last segment he said that he would lay it with Arkansas he's more so on the under on this game what's your opinion yeah I, I think you look at the Razorbacks here this Auburn team give them credit they've been competitive on the road we saw that against Penn State against LSU to come from behind victory but the way the LSU season is going probably leave some question marks. Auburn looked non-competitive for much of that game against Georgia. Now, granted, the Bulldogs have done that against a lot of opponents. I think K.J. Jefferson uh, and company should be able to flourish offensively, despite the fact that Auburn's not bad. They're not great defensively, and you're seeing the number tick up already up to five now. The other 9 o'clock game of the SEC is Texas A&M and Missouri. You are on the Aggies laying the points out there, and you called it Como. Columbia, Missouri. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a little so. swanky <laughs> nickname that you have there for Columbia. Uh, but that does it for Point Spread Saturday. Those are Amal's picks. Want to run them down one more time? Uh, there are too many. Way <laughs> too many of them, but I got them all on the list. So here they are. Florida minus 12, Tulsa minus 8, Texas A&M minus 10, Iowa minus 11 and a half, Georgia, Kentucky under 44 and a half, Ole Miss, Tennessee over 82, TCU, Oklahoma under 64, and I'm on Bama minus 7 and Utah pick them. Those are our picks here on Points for Saturday. Don't go away, though, because Visa continues to roll on as we get you ready for the calls from our Week 7 slate. Lombardi line, Patrick Maher, Michael Lombardi coming up next here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 